Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief. With Marks and Spencer. On News Talk. Man, I'll tell you one thing, I might need a drink after that. <laughs> And luckily, I've come to the right place. It is time for Movies and Booze, with thanks to M&S and Live from the Gaumont Hotel. I would say, please welcome Serena Bellissimo, who's going to be telling us all about entertainment. Serena. <laughs> Olivia Fahey is going to tell us all about this week's movies. <laughs> and a man who I think is probably going to be the most popular man in the room. <laughs> Leslie Williams is going to also talk about wine this yes. week. Beautiful. I think we're going to start straight away. Okay, yeah, well, we've got um, three classics today. Um, Absolute Stone Cold classics. Two modern classics, one traditional classic, which I'll get to in a minute. But first up is uh, Chile and Sauvignon Blanc. And I don't know if you know this, but we drink more wines from Chile than any other country in the world. A quarter of all the wines we drink in Ireland are from Chile. An awful lot of that is Sauvignon Blanc. Um, And Sauvignon Blanc just really suits Chile's climate. It's it's this long, cold country uh, on a... It's a warm country, but it's on a cold part of the world. The Humboldt Current, there's a really cold current that flows up alongside it, and it's perfect for growing grapes like Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Pinot Noir. That, this is on the coastal regions. This is from Leda. It's uh, M&S, of course, Altamar, 14 euro. Um, and so the Leda Valley is one you should know. It's west of Santiago. So if you actually stand in Santiago, I recommend the W Hotel, where I stayed once, very nice hotel. Um, and on the, there's a roof garden. And if you look at one window, you can see the Andes. And if you look at the other window on the other side, you can see the coastal range, uh, because there's, there's two mountains ranges, basically, in Chile. And so the, the Central Valley, which is what most of we drink of, that's where the Cabernet and Merlot comes from. It's a little, lovely and warm. But in later on the coast, you've got this lovely, cold, cold winds coming in, which gives a long, slow-growing season, loads of flavour. This is just packed with kind of lime and tropical fruits and citrus and freshness and zing, basically. Right. So are you giving us a nice light start? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Crisp, fresh. Right. Are we all raising our glasses Zingy, at the same time? Tangy. Cheers, All those everybody. Happy Friday. Maybe with some fish and chips. We could organise that later. Yeah. Oh, my God. I knew you'd be popular. Yeah. You're going to do fish and chips for us? I, 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 give, give me a minute. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to find intelligent things to say. Well, beautiful, as usual. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. My, my, my vocabulary on this stuff is quite small. Serena, you, on the other hand, <laughs> tend to have great words. Um, that's really good. We've a really good and a beautiful so far. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, we drink more Sauvignon Blanc than any other grape. And Chile is such a reliable place to get it from. It's consistent. It's straight. It's fresh. You know, obviously, we all know some other countries like New Zealand. I mean, I have a couple of really good New Zealander ones. And obviously, the Loire Valley, Sancerre, that's all Sauvignon Blanc. But there's just something about the purity of Chile. It's just, it's easy. It's fresh. It's so consistent. You know, right, I'm trying to ask you an intelligent question here. You know how Go difficult that is. Um, is it, I, I do notice the words that you kind of, the, the, um, the altitude seems to yeah. crop up time again. Is that part of um, Sauvignon Blanc likes a cooler climate. If you think where the Loire is, it's very far north. Um, the place, I mean, you can grow it in, in Languedoc, but you need a hill, basically. So in Chile, I mean, it's just because of this cold current, I don't know if ever swum in the Pacific. Um, I did um, uh, in a town called uh, Navidad, I believe, a Christmas town, um, and it was freezing cold. Now, that was 7 o'clock in the evening in December, the warmest part of the year, and it was so cold. But it was still bearable. It was like Ireland, so it was like, fine. So I thought, I'll go again the next morning. The next morning, I honestly couldn't get in. It was just so cold. So those cold breezes, those cold currents then okay. continue on up the Pacific um, into San Francisco Bay and stuff. It's that make them cold as well. And, and right. Sauvignon just really suits that kind of 
damp, cold climate with a long, slow growing season. Right. So. You would have thought if it likes cold, there'd be lots of Irish white. Yeah, else. sadly not. No. no. It's just we need a bit more heat in the day. Yeah. So we heat in the day and cold at night. Even some. Uh, Olivia, we didn't get a word from you on the wine, and I feel you <laughs> could easily have a great word. So, um. <laughs> I actually, usually when I, with the chili and Sauvignon Blanc, I find it a little bit sharp on the palate on mm. the first mouthful, but that's actually much smoother than what I'm used to. So that's, that's a really this is the You've won the prize, yeah. Olivia. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sitting here preparing for the last five minutes and like, come on, ask me. I'm ready. Thank God I went back to you. <laughs> and, you know, some, sometimes the really ripe ones have a kind of a green bean asparagus thing, which I don't like as much. This doesn't have that. It just has ripeness and, and fruit, you know. Yeah. It looks um, like water. It does look yeah. very pale, doesn't it? They're very pale, yeah. Now, look, Sauvignon Blanc is not the most exciting grape. It's a very straightforward grape. It's easy drinking. It's kind of, you know, it never gets too complex or too, unless maybe you age a Sancerre or something. But that's why we like it. It's just straightforward. It's easy drinking, you know. It's uh, very good. It's a lovely start. Thank yeah. you very much, good, Leslie. Good, good, good. Um, thank you, M&S. Uh, <laughs> M&S, thank you as well. Um, I have to say, Serena, I kind of, um, not paying enough attention, when the um, writer's strike came to an end, I kind of thought the... Uh, Actor Strike came to an end as, as well. It didn't. It's just it ended now, hasn't it? Yeah, it ended on Wednesday. It still hasn't been officially ratified. But this morning in LA, they're taking it to their board and hopefully their 160,000 strong union actually agree and go, yes. But it looks like Fran Drescher. Remember Fran from The Nanny? Yeah. Yeah, Mr Shepherd. She's actually the president of the SAG-AFTRA You see, union. this is the thing about actors. Yeah. They, 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 because you have to know them from somewhere. You know, the last time we talked about this on the show, mm-hmm. we had a man in from the Irish Guild of Actors, you know, and I just couldn't say to him, you're the musical priest of Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have Ghost Town with you? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we need to have decorum here. You're representing the Actors Guild. Well, Tell us well, more. See, I, I think she'd be happy if you remembered her from The Nanny because she made a lot of money on her reruns. And that, look, a lot of people are going to be sitting here going, oh, the poor actors. But we're not talking about the elites yeah. of the Reese Witherspoons, the, like the a, A-listers. They're going to be fine. It's the up-and-coming actors. It's the working actors who are just making enough to get by. So they've finally agreed. Apparently, like, it's a, a, a billion-dollar um, deal that they've come to, but the biggest sticking point was the AI, which is right. really scary. So now, I, I still don't think it's great, but it's better than what they had. Now they've turned around and said, you know what, with the AI, if they use anything that is similar to you, like they use, you know, Jennifer Aniston's eyes and Brad Pitt's lips, they have to go and ask them and say, is it okay? And if the actors sign off on it, then it's okay. And it is a big deal as well because it's not just the actors who have been out of work. 118 days they've been off for. It's not just the actors. There's been a knock-on effect. It's been the hairdressers, the makeup artists, the food catering businesses, the drivers. The florists. Yeah. Like, it's it's been massive, but... (laughs) (laughs) What films are you watching? Are you watching all those rom-coms? Not many. No. (laughs) Actors go through a lot of flowers. There you go. Well, look, do you know, um, you're excited that the florists are back in, in not, work. Not as excited um, as they are. <laughs> I've been, like, it is, look, there's, we know there's a lot more serious things going on in the world, but it has been nice to see people on the oh, timeline yeah. celebrating. And my favourite, like, Hollywood have come back, and it's been great to see Reese Witherspoon talking about the morning show, because I'd love to know what she's been thinking about the morning show. Kevin Bacon, yeah. his was my favourite post. So did funny. you say it? I did, yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Of course, Kevin Bacon, famous for Footloose, decided to, well, dance it out. In an open bar. 
Um, a barn, sorry, not an open barn, sorry. <laughs> the drinks haven't even started flowing yet. Uh, it was an open barn and he was dancing to Footloose. So, Sensation. Yeah, so hopefully, look, it'll all be ratified. And the great thing is, you know, interviews will start again. Nicola but, Coughlin can talk about Barbie. Like her first post was about Barbie, how that's done really she well. She hasn't been able to talk about they it haven't been, Isn't that like, amazing? They were even, at Halloween, they were told, please, if you get dressed, dressed up for Halloween, please don't dress as any movie character. Now you're really narrowing down what you can dress uh, uh, dress up as. But, yeah, so now all of that, right. hopefully we can see them back. So the big spin-off we're going to see is that people will be doing publicity again. So the kind of the guests will have things to say on, on Graham Norton. Yeah, the Late Late Show <laughs> hopefully have some, yeah. Because they weren't allowed to talk. Like, even when he had the big actors on, like he had... Um, I should know her name, the Australian girl from Succession, Sarah Snook. Yes. He had her on the show and she, she couldn't talk about I Succession. I was like, I want to hear well, all about Succession. I can yeah. actually one-up that. Go I on. hosted the Terminator reunion panel at Dublin Comic Con this year. Yes. Could not mention Terminator. Oh, my God. What did she talk about? <laughs> <laughs> we, anytime we came anywhere close to mentioning the T word, we just went to the project and then the entire audience would just laugh <laughs> because it was the first time it was Michael Bean, uh, Robert Patrick and Linda Hamilton wow. all in the one room wow. together for the first time ever and could not talk about the one thing that connects them. I don't think I've ever been more stressed about an interview in my life. <laughs> it sounds like a reality TV show or something, oh, I actually thought that there was like cameras watching me and this was just a cruel joke. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yes, happy days. Now, we haven't talked about... Uh, I'm, so, I'm so dying to talk to you about Barbara Streisand's book. Yeah. Uh, Streisand. Streisand. Yeah, careful how you say yeah, it because what has come out, I don't Wait, think she... I want to hold on to okay. that. Okay. We need a lot of time. 992 pages, Tom. Yeah, wow. she had a lot to say. 48 hour audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could get a degree in law. In <laughs> but anyway, I would say somewhere. <laughs> right, we're going to have a quick break and more movies of this on the way. <laughs> With us. <laughs> A little bit later on. We're live from the Gormans Hotel, but thanks to our friends at M&S. Lovely to have you all here. And we also have beautiful spot prizes today for members of the audience. And this one is for Paul Byrne. Paul Byrne, are you with us today? Where are you? Paul, in the front here. We'll run Simon up to you now as quickly as you can. Here he comes. Paul, uh, lovely to have you here. Hi, Tom. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. I, I believe you have a bit of a story to tell us about <laughs> your, your time in Donegal. Uh, well, I was on the way to Donegal from Galway. Yeah. This happened about many, many years ago when I was in my early 30s. And I was at that stage, like most men, when they get to their early 30s, you start to spread out a little bit. And I'd had a particular weekend where I'd met a lot of lads that I used to know playing sports years ago. And, of course, men being men, they'll comment on your girths as such. Women, of course, would never do that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I was becoming, it was all banter, but I was becoming a bit sensitive about this. So I was a, a representative sales rep at the time. I was heading for Donegal on Monday morning. And there was a little, little petrol station in uh, Tubber Curry. It was a little shell station right at the top of the town. And I always used to stop there and get petrol. Anyway, this particular morning, two, there was two old men used to, used to run it. They're probably younger than I am now, but they're old men to me at that stage. <laughs> and uh, I think they were brothers. But anyway, it was in the time when they'd come and fill the car for you. You didn't have to go and get you know, self-service. So anyway, I pulled in and... Uh, I said, give us 20 quid's worth, please. Right, chubby, says your man. <laughs> <clears throat> so I was just incredulous. I was shocked for a few minutes. And anyway, he filled the car, to come back, and he gave me the receipt, and I snapped the receipt off him. And I said, well, you're not exactly feckin' twiggy or so. But I, I didn't actually say feckin', I said another word. Yes. And, and I, I, I drove off on the way up to Donegal, kind of incredulous. And 
repeating over to him, I said, imagine the cheeky like I don't even know him. And he's calling me Chubby. And I was saying, like, right, Chubby, right, Chubby. And then, then it dawned on me, Tom, what he'd actually said was, right, Chubby. <laughs> so so I, was, I was absolutely mortified. I never went there for petrol again in my life. And, and the little petrol station is still there. I'm sure the two old guys are gone a long time, but I, I've never gone inside that place again. I was absolutely mortified. But anyway, as you can Brilliant. see, I'm still Chubby, but anyway. No, <laughs> What a story. God, it could have ended very badly there. You could have swung for him or something. Um, I have good news. You've won an M&S goodie bag, which includes uh, one of today's wines and tickets to Keen Du Crow in wow, Berlin. Thank you. Yeah. thank you very much. 5th thank of you. December, so enjoy M&S. that. Yeah. Thanks very much, Paul. Um, as I say, you're welcome back. Tom Dunstanning of Sean today and 53106 for your text. We're going to move on to our second wine now, Leslie, I believe. Um, okay, so you're going to bring us back to the, the, the dark old days of well, Ireland. Well, I was just thinking about this. I mean, the only the first time I ever drank decent wine or stole decent wine as a kid was Rioja. Um, because in our house, we were not a sophisticated house. I don't think any house in Ireland in the 1970s was. And it was, you know, sweet German leap for milch, um, Rittmeister and Blue Nun and Black Tower. And, and if it wasn't that, it was cheap. French van de table, um, which they'd usually sweeten with sugar and so on. But we did have this one family, the Allens, who would bring us bottles of Faustino and bottles of Rioja, basically, whenever they would come over for dinner. And I remember thinking, God, this is actually, this is actually quite nice. I can, I can understand this. Because I think Rioja was the only decent wine we were drinking in the 70s. And we still drink huge amounts of it. We've always been an important market for Rioja. Um, and that's what this is. So it's Paco Real, uh, M&S, of course. Um, it's, uh, no, it doesn't actually say, it's, I'm guessing it's a, it's a Joven or what we call a semi-crianza, so It'll probably just aged for a few months. Um, if you see Crianza in a bottle, it means it's been aged for six months in barrel and at least six months in bottle, if, or often actually a year. Reserva, double that, and Grand Reserva, multiply that by three, basically. Okay. So that, just in case anyone wondered what those were, you know. Um, now, a lot of regions actually don't like to the restrict... Winemakers don't like the restriction of this, so you'll find them, they're now branding... They're, they're still doing that effective ageing, but they're not branding it. Rioja is all about the oak. Um, it's relatively gentle on this. It's actually quite juicy and quite fruity. Rioja is just... It's really easy to get to, by the way. If you just... Um, you, can, you know, you can get the boat now from uh, Bilbao to Rosler, but Brittany Ferries, uh, some Rosler to Bilbao, and then basically an hour south of that and you're in Harrow, and an hour south of that you're in Lagrano, one of the best tapas towns in, in, the, in the whole of Spain. Uh, Harrow's more, you can walk between the ten most famous wineries, um, they're all right there in the town. Um, there's a really good meat restaurant there, um, um, there's a lovely old, it's, it's a lovely part of the world, and you're, you're at some altitude, but not too much. I mean, yeah. you can see mountains, but you're sort of 400 metres, you know. It's, and it's just, it's just this lovely, great region. There's one winery you can visit, and they... Um, when you go into the cellar, uh, they're playing Gregorian chant to the, to the wines gently, you know. <laughs> Just as they're sitting happily in their barrels listening to, um, listening to monks they singing. They really you know? do that. They really, really, really do. And he reckons also that the workers in the plant move at a slower pace and concentrate better on what they're doing. And he feels it helps the wines. God, one of these things isn't true, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I have to try and work out which one, is it? Uh, so, no, is this yeah. like the cows in Japan where they kind of yeah, dip totally. them beer and exactly. rub their I mean, bellies? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, God, you live in there. Can I bring you back to the 70s for a moment? Sure, please. I, I, I think the wine situation in most houses that I was familiar with, yeah. it wasn't ever whether you were getting dodgy German or dodgy French, and you, we all appreciated Rocket. There was no wine. Well, this is possibly true. Well, I'm kind of talking when me Auntie Dar used to visit from England and at Christmas and at oh, Easter, and not on a regular basis, yeah. 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 Actually, except when the Allens would visit, they'd always bring good wine, basically. Yeah, no, I, I only really came across wine, I, I thought it was invented on nightclubs on Leeson Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much later stage of my life. 
But I know some people who grew up with, like, whose dads were into, like, good Bordeaux and stuff, and you could buy it for nothing in those days. Like, wines that now cost Only 1,000, cost 60 in the 90s, and in the 70s, they cost sort of 20. Yeah. You know? If only we'd known. Buy wine and property. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly. Exactly. But are we going to try this now? Oh, yes, what do you think? You Raise our glasses, please. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All those lovely, bright, juicy oh, flavours. A little bit of spice. Sort of yeah, dark lovely. plums, a little bit of cinnamon there in the background. Um, you have it at quite, and, and you like it at this temperature. It's yeah, no, a little cool. bit cooler than yeah. people would expect. In fact, in Spain, you'll often be served at even cooler than this, especially in warmer days. Um, no, cool is good. I mean, we say room temperature, right? So what's room temperature? It's 25 degrees. Yeah. That's desperate. Wine tastes like soup at that temperature. When you say room temperature, you mean room temperature in a castle in the 19th century. Okay? <laughs> it's 16 degrees, okay? Maybe 18 at worst, but I actually like... The, this is probably served at about 12, I reckon, so 12 to 14. Also, the wine is... There's quite a lot of juice in this, and I it's actually, I wanted to say this actually, it's only 13%. It's kind of getting harder to find wines at 13% these days, but Rioja, because it's up a mountain, uh, you know, has, it's easier to get it there. Bordeaux would be another example. Um, but like the Rhone in places, 15% is now the norm. And it's just, they're better at growing grapes, and the weather's a lot warmer, um, and they're better at ripening. Um, but yeah, I just think yeah. there's a lovely, juicy, you it's know, nice. nice. It's very nice. Olivia, you played a blinder the last time on the wine <laughs> tasting, so can we throw over to you for a bit of feedback there, Well, please? I was actually going to say, you hit the nail on the head with the cinnamon, because when I, my first mouthful I actually thought that it was it would make a really good mulled wine there you go yeah so I know you say it's yeah. like oh you don't want it boiling but it's like that one I actually think could do well <laughs> <Eat it up laughs> gen- very gently Just very little gently bit. so you don't want to put yeah. like a little orange wedge into yeah. it would be grand yeah, yeah. You're in personally trouble. I just wouldn't though yeah. <laughs> fair fair but, uh, I think you're in trouble here Leslie oh yeah you know that she's saying things there I don't know, I know she's stuff, but I'm, I'm glad you're between I don't know where time. she's pulling it out of it's very impressive um at the far end of the table. Which I might have to make is what I was thinking. Just say it's lovely, the same no, as me. No, it tastes really nice, but it also feels like the wine that if I drink too much of it, I'm going to have the red teeth. Oh, you'd be grand. <laughs> lick them, lick them. You know, you'd be grand, honestly. I mean, if, if, look, they used to say if your friends, if you, if you, don't, if you, if your friends don't gar- like garlic on your breath, then just get new friends. I mean, this is the way it works, you know? And the same with red wine. You know, any man who's going to be noticing things like that, when he should be looking at your beautiful eyes, Serena, this is what he should be looking at, you know? And then, you know. You're good, Leslie. You're good. <laughs> Am I the only one thinking I should write down a lot of what he says? <laughs> A 16th century castle. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, it's just, it doesn't end, does it? Gosh, beautiful stuff. Uh, it's, it's very nice. We all agree. There we go. That's all we need. It's delicious. And, and look, I, I, in defence of Glühwein and, uh, you know, like it's huge in places like Finland, skiing, that's the best time to have it. After a long ski journey when you've been left behind by the group because you're not as good as the rest and you finally get there. <laughs> Just linger the rest of the time in the chalet, drinking the glue vine, and you'll be grand. Well, we're, <clears throat> we'd need to be drinking for ages before we get red teeth, so I don't think we should exactly. worry about it. I think it'll be six o'clock before that'll happen. Yeah. Um, so long before that happens, Serena, you're going to have to tell us about Barbara Streisand, because I think this is kind of like the cultural event of the year. It 980 is. pages? 992 pages. My name is Barbara, spelt B-A-R-B-R-A, yeah. not the other way. Um, she's 81. Did you know uh, that? No. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the biggest revelation for me? And I remember actually witnessing it at the time. She does a lot of talking about her exes. And she's had a really long line of successful and very good-looking exes. And she said it's actually something she didn't want to talk about. She's married to J- J- James. James Brolin? Yeah, James Brolin. Um, they've been married for the last 25 yeah. years. Do you remember who one of her exes were? 
Go on, tell me. There was Don Johnson. There was uh, Pierre Trudeau. Do you remember the Andre Agassi era? Yeah. I forgot about the Andre Agassi era. And so, yeah, they were going strong for a while. Wow. But I can't tell you what she says about him because for some reason it doesn't appear in any of the excerpts and I didn't have 48 hours to listen to the, no. <laughs> to the audiobook. You've left out a few. Um, Prince Charles sent her flowers, apparently. Did apparently you read? Yeah. They're really good friends. So the, this sounds like I've read the book. The first time, <laughs> the first time they met, they, uh, she was sipping a, a cup of tea and she didn't care about royal protocol because she is a queen herself, mm. Barbara. Um, and she had a glass of tea, a cup of tea, and she shared it with Prince Charles. Right. And since then, they've become great friends. Apparently, one day she was staying at Highgrove and she was running through her bedroom looking for a dog that had gotten loose. Um, she was also, she'd met um, Princess Diana once and they shared a really great uh, moment together at Prince of Tides. She was standing up, she was going up to say something at the main event, at the premiere, and when she went up, Diana got up and went, oh, your, your zip is undone on her dress. So, you know, she zipped that dress up. We famously, do you remember, oh, this was years ago now, her dog, Sammy, passed away. Yes. And it made the news a long time ago. She's written about it again because she missed Sammy so much. She got Sammy cloned. Oh. So, wow. yeah. There isn't talks- the dog owner in the house doesn't understand that. <laughs> is it expensive? Well, she's Barbara. It doesn't cost her anything. But listen, to... tell me the stories about who she used to ring when her computer was giving her trouble. This is brilliant. So <laughs> she used Steve Jobs, Steve as, Jobs. as her IT department. She had a Mac and <laughs> she went, it. there's something I don't understand. But what ca- what's even better is she asked him, was like, I actually don't know what you're talking about. So he put her onto the IT person. But then when Jobs went, um, he she called his successor, Tim, and went, Siri doesn't pronounce pronounce my surname right. It's Streisand. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Yo, it's with Sam. a soft. It's with yeah. a soft S, like sand, yeah. not Zand. Yeah. So she like got you're them to change. On the sand. Yeah. So she got them to change because she's Barbara Streisand, and you can. Siri had to change the way she was pronouncing her name because she's Barbara Streisand. My God. Yeah, but yeah, look, do you know what? Stuff. It's it's really sad to hear that, you know, she's she's been really su- successful for the last six decades. She's a great actress, great singer. She says she hasn't enjoyed her time in the entertainment world. You know, all those snipes yes. that people used to make about her nose, um, everything they said about her really got to her. So at 81, don't know why it's taken her this long to realise, she's gone, I'm actually going to just spend time with my friends and my family and enjoy my life because it's been a hard life. Things that we always knew. <laughs> she's on our page at last. Yeah. <laughs> all 992 of them. I don't know if I'm going to get around to that book. No, but there's, yeah. do you know what, there's your crypt notes you can if anyone's yeah. talking about it dinner parties drop them a few of those and it looks like you've you've read the book you, you should sell them um <laughs> we're going to have a quick break and we're going to return with our first movie we're live from the gallman to have thanks to marks and spencer and we'll be back after this <laughs> standing in for sean today and we're going to have a clip now from our first movie Take it away. heroes it's an old-fashioned notion but the world can still use them. Ready. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We destroyed Thanos. But it's not over. My work is inevitable. There will always be more to finish it. 
This is just the beginning. She tore a hole in space. There's a different reality leading into ours. Wow. <laughs> Olivia, she told a, whore, a hole in space. She did, with a really big stick and what? a nice bangle. That's a nice mess you've got us into now. I know. What is this all about? So this is, of course, the Marvels. We've got Captain Marvel is back on the big screen after she's only had one solo outing and she appeared in Endgame as well. Now this time she is joined by Tiona Paris as um, Monica Rambo, who people may recognise from uh, WandaVision. I don't know if anybody saw that series as well. Um, there we go. A few people away. And then we also have Kamala Khan, played by Iman Vellani. Um, she was Ms. Marvel, so that series came out, I think it was either earlier this year or late last year. Um, so I know maybe it wasn't as popular, I'd say, as WandaVision, but is also, I, in my opinion, worth a watch because Iman is just fantastic. And I really think she is the MVP of this film. Like, it is supposed to be about the three of them, but all I kept doing was watching her because even when the focus wasn't really on her, she was just like reacting in the background to everything that was going on because the character is supposed to be a fangirl of Captain Marvel. And oh my goodness, is she a fangirl? (laughs) Like Iman herself is just so passionate. She is even writing comics for the character Ms. Marvel now. Like that is how involved she is. And she's absolutely amazing. A lot of people are not a big fan of the Marvels. A lot of people have not enjoyed this film. Me, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) What is it that the people who aren't loving it, what are they not loving? So for a lot of people, they found that if you hadn't really watched a lot of what happened beforehand, you weren't able to follow along, which I actually disagree with because I ended up sending, we ran a competition on Geek Ireland for tickets and the feedback I got from some of the people who won was I wasn't as up to date as I thought, but I was able to follow it perfectly fine. They do explain just about enough for you to be able to follow the plot without having watched the massive backlog. And for me, this, I think, is probably the most, like a bottle episode of a series. It's like the bottle episode of the MCU. It's kind of more self-contained. It's more insulated. And at the moment, it's not really clear if it is going to have any sort of long-term effects on the rest of the MCU, which I kind of think is nearly a good thing because... Oftentimes, you don't want to have to be like, okay, well, this is going to carry on and carry on and carry on. Sometimes you just want to be like, this is just a bit of stupid fun and a bit of bang, bang, shoot, shoot, action, kick, kick, kablamo, done. Sounds like every day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But like, sometimes you just want that kind of, I don't want to say mindless entertainment, but mindless entertainment. You want to just be like laughing. There is one scene in particular and I can't really go into any more detail other than because it's kind of towards the latter end of the film, but it involves cats and I was quite literally holding my sides, breaking my heart laughing and it is just hilarious and you're never going to look at cats the same way again. And that's all I can say on that. There is one other sequence that I I wasn't mad on. Um, I was kind of sitting in my seat very uncomfortable being like, no, no, please make it stop. Um, It's that kind of like really cringy moment. Um, But luckily it doesn't last for that long and then you get to move on and kind of hopefully forget about it. 
So basically, if you don't like Marvel films, you may not really like this. Actually, I would say this might be the one the off- that you might like, purely okay. because it is probably the least <laughs> Marvel-y movie that we've seen so far. Yes, there is talk about there being a hole ripped in space. There is talk about all of these other different creatures that you probably never even heard of. But it's it's supposed to be disbelief. It's supposed to be fantasy. It's supposed to be just take your brain out of reality for only an hour and 45 minutes, might I add. Martin Scorsese could take a note from this. And um, sorry, three and a half hours, far too long. (laughs) But for me, I just thought it was paced really nicely. Again, it's just a bit of stupid fun. And what more do you want from going to a movie? With strong female leads as well, which is strong female leads. Strong female leads, exactly. And And is this this post... The la- you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is all kind of like it, they're, they've really been going for like the chronological order right. as well. And one thing that I love, like the film is out today, and the actress who is playing the shall we say bad guy, um, Zoe Ashton, she is actually engaged to Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki. And the finale of Loki, oh, Loki. season two is also oh. out today, so it's quite a big day in their family. <laughs> well, it certainly is, and it's just simply called the Marvels. It's simply it? called yeah. the Marvels. Well, in cinemas now, uh, bits of it did remind me of an East Enders Christmas special gone. <laughs> Just you, to- you tore a hole in the space time continuum. I told you about that. It was just L- little finger wag as well, yeah. you know. Could you see that? You and your hole in the space. Anyway, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I'd watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to Patrick Dempsey. Oh, who yeah. Has been Pat- voted the sexiest man alive, which has been greeted with, with, greeted with an audible. Around the world, exclamation of "Who's he again?" Well, it was yeah, it was more of a huh? Are we yeah. back in 2013? Like, I don't understand. Yes, he's a very good-looking man, but he's not very current. I didn't think. That's you know, like a lot of us know of McDreamy. We all know him. We all are we all fans. <laughs> or, the lady in the front went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> So you agree with his top, yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the internet sort of just went... I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, yeah, the internet doesn't understand why he's the 2023 sexiest man alive, just because he really hasn't been in a lot. And I know that this year we saw him arriving at Venice. Um, actually, next is it next week Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving comes out? The it's a horror? Twin, yeah. So oh, I was thinking about actual Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh no, that's the third Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a horror film that he stars in. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, is it tied in with that? It just, it doesn't make any sense. He said he's thrilled. Um, it was announced on Jimmy Kimmel. He is taking over from Chris Evans and Chris Evans was like, thank you. Just take it off me because apparently <laughs> when you receive this, there's a lot of ribbing from friends. You know, forget about the chubby thing. They're, they're, you know, <laughs> even when you have a six-pack, you're getting ribbed by your mates, you know. Breathe in again, Paul. It's all right. We're nearly there. Um, um, so, yeah, so this has been... Do you know this has been going on since 1985? Yeah. And the first sexiest man alive? I know this. Tom Dunn. <laughs> that was someone in the audience. <laughs> I'd like to thank my brother for being here today. <laughs> First sexy man alive was Mel Gibson. How did that go from? <laughs> Hope it doesn't go the same way for Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's. So, he's, things he's, about him, though, which might give people heart. He's over 50. Yeah. He's married to three kids. He is. So, there's still hope. <laughs> 
there, and look, he is. He's a good-looking fella. It's just that a lot of people are just going, I don't understand. It's usually someone who is more popular. But I was more surprised that this is also the first time that he's been... He has been in the been, list. But he's been, he's been the bridesmaid and ever the bride, yes. I think, was the, the, was the tagline. <laughs> As he said, I've always in, 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 appeared in those little insert boxes on the front cover. It's nice to now actually be the front cover. <laughs> so... Long may he reign, Patrick Dempsey, sexiest <laughs> man alive. It's Tomlin standing in for Sean. We're live from the Gormit Hotel here in Galway with thanks to Marks and Spencers. And we're moving towards our final wine, Leslie, and I believe you've kind of saved the best till last. Yeah, no, this is, this is good stuff. Yeah. So we look, Irish people love Malbec and there's a good reason for it. It is just like sex in a glass. Unbelievable. <laughs> can I say that? Can I say that? Can I say that? It's just, it's just, well, look, you know, what, what do women want? They want tall, dark and handsome and that's Malbec. Um, you know. Um, Hands up anyone who's ever had sex in a glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true. It wouldn't be very comfortable. Yeah, it wouldn't you would be have, comfortably no, dangerous. No, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah, 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 exactly. um, I, look, you know, we, so we're meat eaters in Ireland, a lot of us anyway, and I, meet, I do some tastings for the Craft Butchers Association, uh, judging sausages, and they like, oh, you know about wine. And they all the butchers, the jobs. all the butchers want, want me to want to talk to me about how good Malbec is with their steak, and they're right, you know. Uh, we're we're up a mountain, we're up the up the Andes Mountains in the Uco Valley, uh, again altitude. So why altitude is good in this instance, and it would be in places like Roberto del Duero as well, is the grapes get really ripe in the day, lots of warm sunshine, and then at night time the grapes stop ripening because it's cold, uh, because it, the temperature drops down to maybe five six degrees sometimes, depending on how high up you are, and that is good. It, it just gives the grapes a chance to relax, a, a chance to kind of take it easy for a bit, and then that basically helps with uh, freshness. So what I love about Malbec is it is dark fruits, big, rich flavours, but also freshness. Uh, and again, I would recommend serving it a little cooler. Um, and this is sort of 23 euro. I didn't actually give the name, but so M&S, of course, obviously. Salentine, um, uh, which is a bottle especially for Mars and Spencer's. Um, and it's a barrel select version. You will find this, I think, uh, in some other independents and stuff, but I think Mars and Spencer's have a better price, basically, and, it, and it's, it's a different blend that they create specifically for that. Beautiful. It's really dark, rich flavours, isn't it? Going to raise our glasses yes. one more time. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Mm. Collective silence yeah. then. Probably not great on the radio. <laughs> so you'll get kind of chocolate mocha kind of characters to it. It's kind of, I don't know. What do you think, girls? Absolutely delicious. Olivia, help. <laughs> Um, I, I find it quite actually a, a heavy wine. It's it a is. A little bit smoky as well. Yeah, it is. Um, but, the, but there is freshness there. Can you yeah. see the, yeah, you know, it doesn't, you know. Um, it doesn't kind of get bogged down the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah. Another gold star yeah. performance there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't want to throw you like It's a tall, the dark now, and handsome yeah. man who knows, what, who knows to keep the toilet seat down. Yeah. 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 All right. um, I, I wouldn't have chocolate with this wine. <laughs> Mm. You I don't yeah. feel like, yeah, I don't think my milk chocolate goes well with this wine. Because I fair. do like milk chocolate with red wine. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. isn't the one for it, but it's okay. really nice. Yeah. Okay. But is a bit of smoked barbecue meat off the, off the Azador? It's my favourite of the three. Which okay, good. Probably just reflects on my well, you're, you're not a cheap date, Tom. No, I'm not a cheap date at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, we're moving on to movie number two. And this has our Irish sensation, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, it uh, does. Barry Keoghan in it. It does, yeah. Yeah, uh, great. And it's called, is, is it his first major part? This oh. is his first first leading role which when he said it to me we actually had an, uh, an interview back in 2022 and he had just been cast he was like I'm not able to talk about it too much but it's gonna be my first leading role Emerald Fennel has written and directed it and I'm so excited for it and now I can see why fantastic we're gonna take a clip from it uh, this is from Saltburn <sighs> look I'm not really going anywhere just taking these back to the library 
Take my bike. No, 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 I couldn't. I mean, I mean, it looks like rain. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. Honestly, it's no big deal. I mean, I'll just get it from you later. You're my college, so... Am I? Yeah. That's kind. Are you serious? Hey, that is so kind. Thank you. I mean, are you sure? I mean, it's a bit of a faff when you're back to college. Oh, you... You want me to take yours oh, back? no, no, no. I just... I... I'm sorry, I just thought, I thought... I, I mean, I can wheel it back to college. It's, it's not that far. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't know your name. I'm, uh, I'm Felix. Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver, I love you. I love you. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Seriously. Okay. Thank you so much, mate. So kind. You're a lifesaver, really. Thank you. All right, I'll, um, I'll just leave yours in the bike, then, yeah? Yeah, fine. All right, cheers, Ollie. Well, very good. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't want to read too much into a clip, but I think we could see the direction that was going in. <laughs> Just a wee bit, yeah. We've gone kind of like from sex in the glass to sex on the screen because yeah. I, Serena and I were having a bit of a giggle there because she was like, oh, like, if you could sum it up, like, what would you like, warn people about? It's like, there's a lot of sex in this film. <laughs> there really is, to the point that there, even if it's not of that nature it's still kind of like implied and there's a lot of like undertones to it so like we've just been describing it as probably like one of the the sexiest films you'll see this year is is Saltburn. Right and and he's at the centre of it all is he? He is so he's playing Ollie he is a, a new student at Oxford and I'm hoping that's right and it's not Cambridge <laughs> but one of those schools and um, he befriends Felix who is from the upper class uh, very upper class British family very. and he gets invited to their home Saltburn for the summer to basically spend some time with them and well things get a little bit weird <laughs> I think is the best way to describe it tell us more um, essentially he becomes Don't hold as, back. You can, as you can probably tell he's um, a little bit infatuated with Felix and as much as he keeps saying I'm not in love with him he is certainly obsessed with him and it's about how he navigates that friendship and then also the relationships with Felix's family as well because he gets to meet them of course Rosamund Pike is playing his mother and she is absolutely gas in it Richard E. Grant plays Felix's father wow, I what a adore Richard E. Grant yeah. and it is just all of the performances I thought were absolutely brilliant as you saw um, on the clip or as you heard on the clip at home um, it was Jacob Elordi who's from Euphoria he's also in it he's actually also um, playing Elvis in the Priscilla movie so he's another star that's on the rise it is a stellar cast all of them put in absolutely brilliant performances the storyline itself does take a little bit of a turn towards the last act it didn't bug me as much as it's bugged some other people watching it but i actually kind of liked the direction that it went in um but it is a bit kind of like oh 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 <laughs> i think that's just i can't really say exactly what it is without spoiling it yeah. so that sound effect is just what you're gonna get i'm sorry okay, well, no, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> the, the last time we saw barry was the banshees uh, film and there's, yeah. there's a moment in that which i think people think is one of the most greatest pieces of cinema of all time there goes that dream oh man alive which of us hasn't used that line since? I know. Oh, it's just so powerful. Has he anything as good as that in this? Honestly, if he doesn't get another nomination no out of way. this, I would be Ow. very surprised. He is really, really good. And it just sort of goes to show how far he's come as well as a performer, as an actor. He completely embodied this role of Oliver. And... I couldn't be prouder of him, honestly. Like That's he is, the thing. he is we just doing very proud so of him, don't we? so fantastically. Yeah, good man, Barry. 
Good man. Um, I think that if he doesn't have his wardrobe already set out for awards season, then he's in trouble because he's probably going to need it. Good stuff. <laughs> Delighted to hear it. We've time for one more quick hit from the world of, of Jamie, showbiz. Jamie, uh, Jamie. You want Jamie. This Let's is, do Jamie. Yeah, I, I, first I said, who is this? And then I saw that her last name is Spears and I kind of worked it out. Yeah, <laughs> figure it out. Who's yeah, her big yeah. sister? She's yeah. Britney's sister, isn't she? Yeah, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is back on the 19th of November, which means we're very close to Christmas. And there's rumours. There's a lot of rumours about who's coming, who's going to be joining, but ITV bosses really want Jamie Lynn Spears, especially they're hoping that when they do these things, they can get the inside gossip. So, And there's a lot. Brittany has written about her disappointment in her sister in her memoir. Jamie also released her own memoir. So hasn't been confirmed, but that would be huge if they get Jamie Lynn Spears. I look forward to it. We actually watched it last year. We, it's you know, good. Yeah. It, well, there was a lot of torture going on for the British Conservative <laughs> lads, so we were enjoying that. Yeah. You know? And it's better that it's not in the castle now. That they, you know, during COVID they had to do it in the castle, but now it's back in Australia, back in, we'd call the bush, but they call it the jungle. Okay. Look forward to it. Um, well, I'm afraid we're almost at an end today, my friends. Aww. Yes. I just want to say thanks to our team, Michael Quilligan and Ashley Moore back at base, Sean Reedy and Simon Tierney. Movies and Booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk.